I read an article that pissed me off over the weekend. It's stock market FUD. For people that don't know what FUD is, I think it's a crypto term. It means fear, uncertainty, and doubt. People that are spreading fear, uncertainty, and doubt, I guess. <laughs> so this is the lead in the New York Times article. For two years, the stock market has been largely able to ignore the lived reality of Americans during the pandemic, the mounting coronavirus cases, the loss of lives and livelihoods, the lockdowns, because of underlying policies that kept it buoyant. Investors can now say goodbye to all that. So this entire article was nothing but basically striking fear into the hearts of its readers that 2021 was as good as it's going to get. And the only reason why we were up was because of monetary policies. And as the Fed normalizes, they're acting like the Fed is jacking rates up to 13%. As the Fed normalizes, it's all going to come crashing down without any mention of the fact that the stock market is driven by something called earnings and earnings are at an all-time high. No mention of that. Nowhere in the article. It's as if it's all just manipulated by the Fed. And here's some more. So there was this guy, Aaron Brown, who's very well known in quantitative circles. I think he's a professor now. He worked at AQR for many years. He's talking about like the nightmare scenario. Is that the Fed tightens and it doesn't help? Talk about soft landing. I don't know what, and things can get ugly fast. Here's a quote. And then he said, the Fed may have to take very aggressive actions like a rate hike to 15% or wage and price controls like we tried in the 70s. And the thing about this article that really pisses me off is I actually don't disagree with a lot of it, but it's so sensational. They use the word panic in here. It's literally just nothing but bad news after bad news after bad news and warnings. And how is an average person supposed to read this and not go, holy shit, I have to protect my portfolio. I have to get out of the market. And then secondly, you know the Gelman amnesia effect? Yes. Where you'll read an article where you have particular expertise and you'll rip it to shreds like we're doing right now, then turn the page and just blank slate, <laughs> believe whatever the author is writing. And I hate doing this to discredit the media. I don't like doing it, but this really sucks. It sucks that the New York Times, and it's not just the New York Times, of course, it's basically every financial publication does shit like this to their readers. It sells, I guess. When's the last time you ever heard any good news about like the COVID situation? I know it seems to just be getting worse and worse. It feels like it, but... There's no one out there really who's saying, like, let's look for some positives in this situation because the negativity, that stuff, it just sells better. And I think people have learned that. It's hard being optimistic. I've done this post a million times, like gradual improvements go unnoticed. Give me a list of reasons to be bullish right now. I don't have one. I can give you a million reasons to be bearish, so I get it. Let me balance you out here on the positive side. So I'm looking at this. I was looking at that chart saying that we're up 800% from the bottom and it's 19% annualized returns. It's thinking like, that's way too much. There's no way that can keep going. So I wanted to look and I wanted to compare like what are the best bull markets in US history. And so I looked back and I'm totally cherry picking here because besides like the semantics involved and like let's define a bull market as a 20% gain or it resets after this or wait only new highs, there really is no definition of a bull market. So because this is our show, I made this up. So I'm basically saying a bull market at any time, it ends with like a 40-50% crash. If you don't have that, the bull market continues. Sorry to bust balls, but did the bull market end in 2020? Nope, because that's our 1987. Because the bull market did not end in 1980. So I'm, this is Ben's definition of a bull market. But can I just say one thing about this before we get into it? I'm doing the same post, I guess. And from 1987 to 1991, the market was flat. We got all the gains back, but it took like almost four years. True. But I think everyone agrees the 80s and 90s were a bull market. True. Because you're going to have periods in between there. where you're... I know it's semantic. Sorry. All right, go on. So I broke this up and granted, I'm cherry picking here. But I looked at these time frames that... We've basically had three bull markets going back to the late 1920s. This is Ben's definition of a bull market. So from like 1929 to 1941, the total return 
that's obviously including the Great Depression, and then you had another crash. Wait a minute. You're starting the bull market in 1929? No, no, no. I'm showing this is the bear market that precedes the bull. So the total return from 1929 to 1941 was 35%. So stocks lost a third of their value over 13 years. I'm sorry. I don't know why I just said that. You said 1929. I heard 1931. Okay. Sorry. So then 1942 is when, like I already mentioned, you had those four years in a row. That's when I'm starting the bull market. From 1942 to 1968, the U.S. stock market was up 3,800%, like 15% a year. For a really long time, what do you think the worst year, calendar year, was in that period? So we're talking almost 30 years. 66? As far as a loss goes. What was the worst down year in the stock market? 13%. Like 10%, basically. 10 or 12%. The thing is, thinking in cycles like that is like kind of fun but useless. It's like... I'm putting the super cycle. So then you have 1969 to 1978, you have a total return of 30%, which was way worse after you take inflation into account. Wait, say that one more time. Total return from 69 to 78. Then 79 to 99, you're up another 3,000%. Here's where the cherry picking gets really bad. But I me. thought the bull market started in 82. 79 was up like 20%. 80 was up, and then I think 81 was down a little. From the year 2000 to March 2009, granted, peak to bottom, the stock market over those 10 years negative or so- Negative six? It was like negative 50. Oh, I'm sorry, annualized. You're right. It was like negative six or- And then March 2009 to now is like plus 800. I'm saying- What's the point? If we get another super cycle like we had in the past 20 or 30 years, Tom Lee's quadrupling of the S&P from here is not out of the question. Okay, so let's talk about that. I don't think it's out of the question either. What's the multiple on the S&P 500 right now? Is it 25? I honestly don't know. Sure. I don't really pay attention, honestly. What if that goes up by 30%? And earnings rise. And earnings continue to grow. Obviously. Historical analogies, you can basically throw most of them out the window. But I'm just saying like these really long super cycles, even though they have 20 or 30% downturns in the midst of them, can last way longer than anyone could. Obviously, small sample size, yada, yada, all that stuff. Yes. I don't think anybody's prepared for a super cyclable market. No. For this to last for another 10 years. No way. Now, you could say everybody's positioned for it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yes. household net worth and equities is an all-time high. So, But mentally, nobody's predicting, and I'm definitely not, obviously, nobody's predicting that this lasts another 10 years. Anyway, the point is, you have to survive a bull market. Have we learned nothing? And I'm not saying to disregard the risk, but don't you think that the market prices in the risks better than you can? 